Hebrews chapter number 3. The writer said in verse 7, Wherefore, as the Holy Ghost said, Today, if you will hear His voice, harden not your hearts, as in the provocation, in the day of temptation in the wilderness. One more time. Wherefore, as the Holy Ghost saith, Today, if you will hear His voice, harden not your hearts, as in the provocation, in the day of temptation in the wilderness. Thank you, precious God, for your word tonight, for all you're doing and all you've done, for your loving kindness that's better than life, strength and help and hope. God will give you the glory, renew our minds and feed and minister to our soul. Give you all the glory, God. Amen and amen. God bless you. Brother Marshall, would you come around here and, and get a couple of pictures, please, as I'm preaching? Man. I want to talk about just four words tonight. Just four words, but they are heavy with impact. They are heavy with influence and heavy with impression on our hearts. Just four words. That's what I'm calling this. And those words are, harden not your hearts. Harden not your hearts. You know this quite well, but there is a big difference between having a hard heart and a tough heart. There's a big difference because life itself demands an emotional constitution. If you're going to get through anything, you got to you got to square up your shoulders and square your jaw and just push through troubles in life. If you're waiting for someone to rescue you, you need to stop waiting because it's time to just develop a tough constitutional heart and a desire to live for God. A hardened heart is a totally different thing. Life is not always fair. Amen. Life is as unfair as often as it is fair. And sometimes you just have to kind of square up your emotional well-being and survive some things in life. But a hardened heart can lead us to places that are harder to get ourselves out of. 1 Timothy 4 verse 2, the Apostle Paul talked about a conscience seared by a hot iron. You look at some people, they have no conscience. They can do anything. They don't even want to apologize. They don't feel the need to say they're sorry if they cut you off or steal from you or rob you or do something to your family. They're just hard-hearted. They're seared. They're calloused. And some people harden their hearts intentionally. We can act like you don't know what I'm talking about, but we all know, all those grown boys know that. Sometimes we harden our heart to keep from having to listen to reason. Sometimes we emotionally disconnect from reality so that you won't convince me that I need to be the one making a change. Hard hearts sometimes are places we go intentionally. I'll tell you how I'll get through this. You keep stepping on my toes, I'm being... Generic in my preaching here. I'll just harden my heart. I won't let you in my life, in my heart, in my space, in my mind. And so I willingly do that to keep you out. But hardening our heart is a dangerous thing to do. It's a very dangerous thing to do. Listen to these symptoms. I took them right off the internet of a hard heart. 
I didn't get them on a religious website. I just typed these in. Symptoms of a hard heart in society. Number one, you won't let yourself celebrate or mourn. Number two, you stop genuinely caring. Symptom of a hard heart. Number three, what's supposed to be meaningful feels mechanical now. Number four, passion is impossible for you to contact anymore. Number five, you no longer believe the best about anybody. Those, those are symptoms of a hard heart. Now, I get, I get it. There are reasons that are seemingly justified. When people talk to me about how they've got their walls up, I get it. There's a lot of pressure in life. There are pounding insults from the left and the right, the north and the south. There are relentless demands upon us every day. I I wish I could calm down, but I just feel a little revved up tonight. There's so much pressure on men in this world. Conform, bend, compromise, change. Don't stand for anything moral or right that involves integrity. Just go with the flow of the world. And so when people, when people get in that place, they so often have to harden their heart to avoid the conviction of their thoughts. Amen. I don't want to think that this is wrong. I don't want to think that I need to change. So they put things in there to build up emotional walls. Amen. And the writer said, harden not your hearts. Hey, I'm with you, bro. I get it. Sometimes it seems to me that some situations I'm put in, that the easiest way for me to survive is harden my heart. I'm not going to get through this if I don't callous something about me because this person or this thing or this situation has got into a place inside of me that I'm, I'm losing control almost. So I understand the natural reaction is to put up walls. I don't want to be hurt anymore. You don't want to be used anymore. You don't want to be violated anymore. So you put up walls. Brother Rick, when I was when I was young, I used to love to watch, I loved love to watch boxing on TV, and uh, there used to be a show called The Wide World of Sports, and they always carried the the championship bouts, middleweight, lightweight, heavyweight, whatever, and I I used to love to watch those competitions and and those men, hard, tough men, just wailing on each other with gloves, yeah, but I mean they walk out of there with swollen faces and. Blood coming out of different portions of their head. Tough, tough job. But it's proven fact that when a boxer, a fighter, when they know that they can't avoid a punch, they flinch before every blow is inflicted. They slow down all of those punches that those guys absorb by the hundreds. And they're always flinching. If they see it, maybe a thousandth of a second. Thank you, sir. But they flinch. Even if it's only internally, they flinch. They know they're about to absorb a blow, and that's their way. That's their way of hardening, of absorbing the impact without being caught off guard. It's natural sometimes is what I'm trying to say. When life just keeps coming at you. Am I talking to anybody? I mean, I I got young people waving their nodding their heads at me, but I'm going to talk to some of you moms, dads, and and granddads tonight. When life just keeps coming at you. 
and you're going, really? I, I, I don't understand this. My, my outlet is to just build a little box and hide from everybody and everything. The problem with allowing myself to become jaded is when I'm jaded or hardened, it negatively affects innocent people. It always negatively affects innocent people. It might be my initial reaction, but someone in my, in my circle of life, Brother Eugene's going to be negatively affected by it. Someone needs what's inside of you and I. I'm not saying we become blabbermouths to anyone, but someone needs that personal contact between you and them. Someone needs that caring smile or that hug or that handshake. And when I put those walls up, I'm, I'm putting everybody out. And innocent people, maybe one, maybe two, maybe a child, maybe a friend, are going to be effective in a negative way when I allow myself to become of a hardened heart. It affects my attitude. It affects my decisions. It affects my outlook. Because it is first and foremost in what I am and what I'm trying to present. It becomes almost second nature. There are men in this room. There are men in this room. And I love all of you. But it's become our second nature. When someone hurts us, boom. When someone talks bad about us, boom. And listen, you think someone talked bad about you, don't get in ministry, all right? Don't get in ministry. Uh, you, don't, 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 don't. Told my son, he's in that honeymoon, year and a half pastoring. That's about it. That's about the time of a honeymoon. And then all of a sudden, she's not quite as pretty anymore. Pastor's not quite as awesome anymore. It is. That's, that's exactly right. But it becomes second nature. With a hard heart, we really believe everybody's out to get us. Am I right or am I lying? When our heart is hardened, we really believe I can trust nobody. You're anticipating that everybody's out to get you. Yes, sir. Thank you. Thank you. I am because I'm flinching. I know that blow's coming and I'm flinching. And as Brother Lance said, I'm anticipating that, so I automatically misjudge you because I'm anticipating another wound. Let me tell you this, the, the, the punchline here tonight. Everybody's not out to get you. Everybody's not out to take you down and get your position, take your place at work. I know it's dog-eat-dog dog in the world, but not everybody out there is trying to get you. Come on, right? What about the little guy? Little guy? Go ahead, brother. You, you, you got it. No, seriously. I mean, there could be uh, a man that has done something maybe 17 years, maybe even one year. There's a person that may not know a job, and they'll say, wait a minute, you're the soul. You need to know this position. You're this young. What's the matter with you? Yeah. Well, certainly, certainly in every avenue of life, there are people that will take advantage of anything they can take advantage of. But not everybody is going to do that. 
There are some people, believe it or not, in 2024, yeah. there are still some men that mind their own, biz own business in life. Yeah. Amen. Yeah. 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 They may be far and few between, but there are some men out there that still mind their own business. Amen. I'm glad for that. But listen to what Jacob said. Jacob was one of those guys in the Bible that he, he couldn't hide his emotions. You knew yeah. it when he was angry. You knew it when he was depressed. We're recording this. You knew it when Jacob was mad at his wife, tired of his kids, sick of his job. He was just that raw with his emotions. Jacob said in Genesis 42, 36, he got another bad report and he finished that scripture by saying, all these things are against me. Here's a man with a calling. He was the most important man on planet earth in his day. And when he was in his prime. And he looked at blow after blow after wound after trouble after trouble. And he said, I can just see how the cards are stacked against me in life. So easy to harden my heart in those situations. But there's one. There's one we should never, ever get so jaded with yeah, yeah. that he's not allowed to come inside the confines of the secret places of our heart. I believe in you, brothers, and I know you believe in one another. I appreciate the, the, the camaraderie in this congregation. But, brothers, life is tough sometimes. And sometimes Brother Colin makes decisions I don't agree with. And sometimes Brother... Anthony makes decisions Brother Colin don't agree with. And on and on down the line. That's just life and, and trying to be grown-ups and trying to make it in life and pay the bills and stay ahead. That's just life. And life can bring a lot of pressure. Can't tell you. Brother Rick, I can't tell you. And this is not, this is not just words to impress anybody. This is gospel truth. How many hundreds of times, I'd, I'd say a hundred of times, hundred times, that before church, and I'm preaching either out, trying to evangelize, or pastoring here in Palmer, that I mean all day long, my wife and I, and I can walk in here and go, you bunch of cabbage heads are going to get it tonight. What would be the point? You're not deserving of that. You're not deserving. My point being this. Life can take us down paths sometime. We don't know how to get off of those paths. But Jesus is not the one to have an attitude with. Harden not your hearts. He's the one that can help me while I have a hard heart towards life. Or the burdens of this world. He's the one that wants to get in the confines of my soul. Where everything's raw and open and transparent. If there's anybody you can trust, it's the Lord tonight. Amen. If there's anybody you should not allow yourself to become belligerent with, it's the Lord tonight. Harden not your hearts. Revelation 3 verse 20, Jesus said, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. <laughs> if any man, if any man wants me to come in, all he's got to do is open the door. But Jesus will not. He cannot go where the door has been closed by a hardened heart, a callous soul, a seared conscience. Again, I'll, I'll visit something I said earlier. Some people, I've done it. 
I'm sure some of you have done it. Get so into a place where you want something. Maybe a tangible physical thing. Maybe an emotional thing. Whatever it might be. That you, you might have a little twinge. A hint down inside of you that it's not the will of God. But you want it. And so you, you just close out those possibilities of God talking to you. How many of you know what I'm talking about? This is God's will because I feel it. And all along you're going from A to B and you get that little hint inside you like, Ooh, maybe not. Harden not your hearts. He's standing at the door and knocking. And young men, listen to me. There's, you've got so much stuff tempting you today. We all, we've all been young, though, okay? I like what David said. I was once young. Now I'm old. And he said, in either condition, I've never seen the righteous forsaken or his seed begging bread. So when men tell you, young guys, hey, I've been there. Don't roll your eyes at them. They mean that. They've been there. And it's tough to be young today in this world and be apostolic. But there's a lot of men here that grew up and made it through the troubles you're going through, young guys. And they're a good example for you. Jesus said, I stand at the door and knock. A closed heart can't hear the voice of God. A closed heart won't hear the voice of God. And a hardened heart certainly can never discern the divine purpose or will of God. If it has to be my way... I, I'll never hear God. Amen. Now, the way to avoid, the way to deal with a hard heart, I'm going to break it down just for a moment, but I'm going to just give you a generalization at first. The way to deal with a hard heart or keep yourself from becoming callous to life and to the church and to God and to your brothers, your family, your finances, the world. The way to keep yourself from getting into that rut that you can't get out of is constantly stay prayed up. You got to stay prayed up. It's important to pray. I don't have to pray like Brother Justin and he don't have to pray like Brother Stacy. But you've got to pray like you know how to pray to keep your, keep your soul soft in the presence of God. If I don't pray, I get hard. If I don't pray, my wife will tell me at home, man, you, you came across a little too, too stern there tonight. And I didn't get a chance to pray. It's, it's going to go that way every time I don't pray. You got to stay in connection with God, in contact with God. Whatever your way is, Brother Christopher, stay prayed up. Don't let the devil come in there and say, Yeah, but you know what? If God really cared about you, he wouldn't have let that happen in your life. If God really loved you, Brother Robbie, he wouldn't have let that bill come in that you weren't planning on. I mean, what's all this great? He'll say things like, What about this great multiplying of God? Where's all the blessing in your life? You're behind on your rent. That's the kind of things he says. And if I listen to that, I'm like, yeah, I get a little chip on my shoulder. Pardon? Then two have agreed on that. Yeah, exactly. Stay prayed up. If you don't know what that term prayed up means, it just means pray so often in your life that you feel. You'll literally sense in your inside, internally, you'll sense that you're in the presence of God greater now than you were five minutes ago. That's prayed up. You pray so often and so intently, 
in your car, on your break room, in your break room, at church, wherever, that you feel a little stronger after than you did before. Prayed up. But to be specific, the only way I know how, how to deal with a really hardened heart is I got to get inside my own head. I have got to get inside my own head. I didn't say you need to get in my head. I didn't say you need to get in his head. I have got to get inside my own head. I have got to identify and confess what's triggering me. Why am I upset? Why am I calloused and jaded and angry? What triggered that? I'm giving you some good advice here. Stay prayed up. Get inside your own head. If that temperament triggers you, if that form of, uh, I don't know, yeah, situation, contact triggers you, no, no, confess. Yep, that's my problem right there. And no, if I got to meet up with that again tomorrow, I mean, how silly am I if I don't go there prepared? How silly if I go there and just let myself be punched by the, in the spirit again. Yeah. Yeah. Number one, stay prayed up. Amen. Number two, get inside your own head. Yeah. You got to figure out, why are you angry? Yeah. You know what God said to Job or to uh, Jonah? What are, you, what are you so upset about? You know what he was trying to do? He was trying to get Jonah to get in his own head. What are you so upset about, Jonah? And this is the difficult thing for me. Is being slow, intentionally slow, to respond to those triggers. <laughs> Most men are like this. You step on my toes, I'm stepping on yours. That's the way we are in life, right? Someone comes into the yard to steal something, we're like, no, 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 no. I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to stop you. Yeah, yeah. Come on. Find out those trigger points that lead to a hardened, calloused, jaded place in your own heart and soul. Find out what they are in your head. We, that don't take much research. We're all old enough. We've, got, we've seen the same pattern all our life. And somehow pray that God gives you patience to respond when those triggers come up again. And it takes time. Some of you guys are just optimistic Olivers. I know that. The rest of us are jaded Jerry's, okay? And optimistic people go, oh, just smile. Everything be all right. I'm like, shut up. That's because some of us have to deal with, the, we pro, I deal with things and process things different than you do. Doesn't mean you're, you're not right in telling me to smile, but I process things slower than you or differently than you. And, and that's a prayer of mine. God help me. I don't want to respond out of the flesh. I don't want to respond to the trigger and prove the trigger's right. I don't want to trigger to the prompting of things that get me into a hardened heart, a position of a hardened heart, and prove it all to be successful again. 
I'm trying to overcome a hardened heart. If she, if she doesn't treat me right, I still have to have a soft heart in the presence of God. If he doesn't treat you right, I still have to have a flexible heart in the presence of God. He said, listen to me. This is what he said in Hebrews. I want to remind you about how they handled it in the desert. Don't harden your heart like they did. Because they got mad at God over and over again. And God said, you're just not getting it, are you? And back into the wilderness, he made them go. If it sounds like I'm being negative tonight, I'm not. I just had too much coffee. I wanted to be calm tonight, all right? I, I, I promise you. I, I don't want to have a hard heart. Amen. Come on, man. I don't want to have a hard heart to people who give me a hard heart. Right, right, Say, well, tit for tat, Pastor. I give them what they... What they give me. Somehow, someway. Somewhere. And with some God-injected ability, we can begin to let those walls down. Not if we don't try. How many, how many dads do you know that they're, they're calloused or hard-hearted or jaded and they got sons just like them? Because it's never dealt with. It's never, never, never put on the fire of the altar to be dealt with. But here's what Solomon said. This is one of those scriptures that it convicts me so much. I offer it to you as that only. Not throwing this at anybody. It convicts me. Solomon said in Ecclesiastes 7 verse 9, Anger rests in the bosom of a fool. And anger is one of those reactions when my heart... Is hard. Here's what God's advising me. Advising you and I. Don't harden your hearts. You know what that's telling me? I'm in control of that. Why would he tell me don't do it. If I have no control over it. But Ezekiel 11.19 says. God will remove the heart of stone. That's the beauty of the Lord Jesus tonight. Is that I, I present to him, no doubt, peculiar situations. Anger and distrust and, and all the situations that every one of you bring to God too. But he has a way. If we'll just pray a little bit. If we'll just worship a little bit. He has a way of getting behind that wall. Marshall can't get behind your walls. But Jesus can get behind your walls. And he has, he has just a way of making me feel like, okay... Yeah, okay, I surrender, Lord. I surrender. I see that you're the only one. You are the only one that can get to that place in my heart and change its position. How how powerful is that scripture when Solomon wrote, Trust in the Lord, chapter 3, verse 5, with all your heart. It's hard to trust God if my heart is jaded, calloused, and protecting itself. I don't trust anybody when my heart's like that. And lean not to your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge Him. He will direct your paths. You can really trust in the Lord. You don't have to hide anything. You don't have to reveal anything. He knows it all already. That's the beauty of it. That's, That's why we can trust Him. 
He's never told one of my secrets. Hallelujah. The Bible said Solomon did, Proverbs 18, that he is a friend that sticks closer than a brother. That's a good person to have in your corner right there. Someone that's got your back. He understands you when you're angry, when you're depressed. He gets you when you're confused and you make silly, boneheaded decisions. He gets you. That's the kind of God I want to serve. Because when all the dust settles, He's God and I'm just His sheep. He's Savior and I'm just a dot on the map in His glorious. Harden not your hearts. You know what I've been praying today? I've been praying, God, every man that's here tonight, every brother that's here tonight, some, some way in the next few days, they're going to be tempted to, to, to jade a little, to harden a little, to callous a little. I've been praying this. God, just remind them that it's in our control. I don't have to do that. And you, as you said, Brother Lance, I can agree with the enemy. And that makes it a stronger force. Doesn't it? But I don't have to agree with him. I keep hearing these voices when people do me wrong. I'm sure you do as well. Just put them walls up. Nobody gets in my space. It will. It will. And that's what happened to Israel. And, and in the Hebrews, Hebrews 3 that we read initially tonight is a quote from the book of Psalms. When God reminded, don't be like Israel was. They got a little victory and they got full of their self. And they just, I don't have time for God. Things are going good. They got jaded and calloused. They hated everybody around them. God said, don't be like that. Hallelujah. Harden not your hearts. Amen. Such a good question. I've got notes right there. Such a good question. You hear him over here? If your heart's already hardened, how do you get out of that? Anybody want to talk to him? Brother Rick? Yeah, I, I can tell you for like the last two years. Um, part of it is being able to prove, accept you're wrong. The other part is stupid notebook. There's a thing called the ABC program, which is basically your action that causes you to get angry. You write it down B. What belief system you think it compromised, and see the consequences of your decision and your action. And I filled a lot of notebooks with a lot of rage about every topic you can think of. And a lot of it is when I'm done with that, I pray about it. Yep. It sounds so simple, but it's it it's on paper. You can focus on that when you pray about it. Yep. And for me, God has has slowly chipped off callous parts. I'm not perfect. I'm not good on an average day. I'm better than I was six months ago. That's key, bro. And yeah, and brother, yeah. you are, even if yeah. you are attempting it and you're not doing it right, you're failing forward. You're good. Yeah, you got it. You got it. Live. Yeah. The hardest thing you're yeah. going to do is inhale and exhale. Yeah. And it is dreadful and scary to go through your list of problems and vices and people that you just have wronged you. But that's not external. That's all those voices. That's in your ears. No one's telling you. 
right? yeah. generally. Yeah. Right? But again, it's being willing to go to God and say, Amen. I have broken. Transparency. I watermelon. It is in a bazillion pieces. And it, yeah. it's, you didn't get hardened overnight. Yeah. It's going to take erosion of yeah. that hard heart. And it, it may take you six weeks. It may take you two yeah. years. Yeah. Or slightly longer. But again, you have to know what you're... The enemy knows you. But everybody thinks the devil's an idiot. He is the smartest psychologist on earth. Oh, yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. Ever. Mm-hmm. Yep. The battle is in the gray. It's between your ears. Right. And for me, seeing a physical thing of just taking notes in church and making anger notebooks and praying about what I'm angry about. That's, that's deeper than you think right there. Yeah. Yeah. It's not an easy one. When I was younger and... You just reminded me of what I used to do to deal with this stuff. Yeah. Right Come on. Down. Come on. Yeah. That's, that's great. That's great. Unfortunately, a lot of stuff pastors preach about, I will hear from other sources right. that I'm paying for. Right. <laughs> the next week, I'm like, hey, why don't you go to your pastor and listen to him some more? Pastor goes, duh. <laughs> no, no, no. Sorry. But there's a lot, a lot of, uh, in, in the generalization, and uh, so many specifics Brother Rick's mentioned, um, the generalization is the closer you get to the Lord, the more you make him part of everyday living in, in Quint's life. Mm-hmm. His presence alone is going to help you mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. temper down. Yeah. person back yeah. that wasted 25 years of my life. Yeah. <laughs> Bro, yeah. I, I'd love, I would love to open my heart right here and show you something. Yeah. Start small. But I love the idea of writing things down. Now, I mean, even success stories, they tell you, write stuff down, your goals, your visions, right? And dealing with things. It's amazing how you can praise. You don't have to be a Isaac or an Einstein in, the, in your prayer life. Simple things like, God, give me victory over this and mean it and walk the steps that God lays before you. Get, get more of Jesus in your life. Yeah. And I don't mean to put Brother Rick on the spot. The th- some of the things he's talking about, I need you. Yeah, yeah, it's good with, stuff. With, with my wife, my children, mainly my family. I want to thank Brother Rick through Christ. Precious stuff. Precious stuff. I thought I saw another hand over here earlier. Brother Bob? What you know about the hard heart, you know, what his question was to me was what you were just teaching tonight about getting inside your own mind yep. and figuring out your true yeah. points, you know. That's yeah. Know, yeah, that's what Brother Rick's alluding to. You know, yeah. yeah, putting the things down on there that I... But also, pray, you know, praying is the... Oh, yeah. That's the best thing in the world is to pray. It's just like talking with Jesus. I wonder like how, how we are doing right here. That's the same thing with Jesus. Yep, yep, you know, yep. He hears yep. and he... When you speak it out, when you talk it out, and then you learn to forgive yourself, you know, about the things you deal with, and, and asking God for forgiveness. Yeah. My pastor says this to me. He says, when you quit praying, you start to backslide. Oh, yeah, sure. When you quit praying, you start to, because when you quit praying, you're giving it all up, your prayer life, your walk life. And, and then backs, and then the things in your mind start to play and get real. I don't know what the science says about this, but I believe I'm accurate when I tell you that things like this that are so repetitive in nature, in, human, in the human race, um, maybe, maybe a, 
a doctor can sign off on you and say, You've, you're finally over that dark cloud from your childhood. Maybe they can, but I personally believe it's spiritual, and spiritual things have to be controlled constantly. Yeah. Luke chapter 11, Jesus yeah. talked about someone being delivered, yeah. and verse 26 in particular, and spirits are thrown out of a human being, and then they kind of do their thing out in the, you know, in the world out there and they come back and look at the person that is now clean of all that evil and if if he's not doing anything for god i'm trying to put this in everyday language he not only comes back meaning the spirit but he brings seven other more wicked than himself that's luke eleven twenty six. point being this it's a, it's a full-time work until we die it's a full-time work to keep our heart flexible in the hands of the lord yeah. Like the, the big thing, what, you, what you're looking for, you're just looking for a pattern, right? You're looking for something like common ground, you, like you said before. Trigger points, sure. Right? Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, it works. Like I, there was things that you wouldn't think had anything to do with each other, but when you put them down on paper, and you, there is a common link. Like, oh yeah, yeah. Absolutely. I mean, it just helps not not end up falling back or sliding back. I mean, obviously and here's what Sister Herring tells me, Brother Rick, you'll like this, and it ticks me off. Because <laughs> I'll say, no, no, there's certain patterns, certain types of people just have a way of getting under my skin. And she says, well, maybe God's letting them come into your life so that you can learn, so that you can learn to deal with them. <laughs> and I usually tell her, no, 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 but in my heart I'm thinking, mm-hmm, probably, to deal with them. Brother Anthony? Oh, just, uh, you know, with, with dealing with these things and with praying about them, uh, something for me is I have to have an absolute sincerity and, and going to God and, and being willing to say it's bigger than me and I can't handle it. Because when my heart is hardened or when I'm struggling with that, I want to try to fix it myself. Yeah. And I only ever make it worse. And, and just the willingness to say, God, this is what I'm struggling with and this is bigger than me. To just okay, so who, somebody that hasn't commented yet... Let me give you this scenario with having to do with Brother Quint's question in, in a roundabout way. All right? So it's reactionary to harden our heart when people step on your toes intentionally and that you see them coming for you again. You're like, okay, okay. So you, t- you tell me if you know the process is in order and you need to deal with it and God's not taking that situation out of your life, that person, the situation, that dilemma, whatever it is, tell me, tell me how you're going to respond to that. Tell me how you should respond. Pray, everybody pray. Keep more of God in your life, right? That's, that's just so elementary. We all know that's right. Hang around the right type of people and, and don't, don't hang around those people that offset you like that if you can help it or set you off like that. Anything else, though, beside that that I missed that you want to say that hasn't commented yet? Hang on one minute. Hang on one minute, bro. Okay. Anybody, Brother Flail? I was thinking, I think I heard that fast. That what? Learning to fast. Oh. Just learning to stop this from raining. And now he's opened a whole other can. can. (laughs) Because fasting is, is for... The conquering of the flesh. But usually when you fast, and there's anything, your flesh is anything but conquered. Yeah. 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 Who had the hand up? Yeah, for the dinner. I recently, not too long ago, you preached about, uh, you preached about binding the strong man. And one of yep. the things that you talked about is an intentional, vigorous, 
prayer. Mm -hmm. So that's something that I have started to learn. Do to do it with intention. Yeah. intention put put it in your prayer life. Yeah. Yeah. Put it in your worship life. Yeah. I've always found comfort in godly counsel. Yeah. 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 Because I mean, I've I've shared things with you. I've shared things with. Yeah. From man here, I've shared. Yeah. I've shared things with people in confidence and it always having a different perspective of something that I'm dealing with. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I, it all it always helps. Smooth, Multitude smooth of counselors. There's what? Yeah. There's there's help. There's wisdom. Yeah. <coughs> Go ahead. You can finish your cut. I think you hit something on the head right there too. Um, you know, if it's if perhaps it's a situation I can't avoid, then maybe I need to be looking for the growth that's in it. Looking for the what? The growth. Okay. Again, Sister Herring. Yeah, yeah. Maybe God put them there on purpose. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but anybody want to tag on to Brother Quint's question? Have a, with a question, I mean. Please. How do you do that? Let's just say the question's putting at you, Brother Rob. How do, how do I, if I'm in a hardened heart place right now, tell me what's your first step advice? So I was immediately reminded there's a perfect example in the Bible where it talks about the process of a hard, stony heart being replaced with one of flesh. And if you read through it, it's Ezekiel 36, 26. Right. A new heart also will I give you, mm -hmm. and a new spirit will I put within you. Yeah. So obviously that process of letting him take over is prayer, yeah. period. But where I mess it up, is thinking, oh, I see this problem, I'm praying about it, but uh, I just need a course correct a little bit. Or I'll have a big hand in changing this. It's not a real problem yet, and I think that I'm going to do the work. But it's God that replaces that. Yeah. So if it doesn't yeah. start with prayer and start with giving over, like Brother Rick said, realizing I have a problem, so I can't do this on my own, yeah. it's got to be God, yep. then I'll, I'll yep. fail. Yep. I'll never replace that heart. It's become so routine and commonplace in religious circles to say, oh, just pray about it. Yeah. And, and, and people that hear that a lot think, ah, okay. And inside they're thinking, nothing's going to change. Yeah, right. But you've got to have faith in the fact that he's... Li it's, right. what, work, what makes prayer work is not you doing it. Right. It's him hearing it. Right. So you've got to keep at it. Yeah. Keep at it. So who had their hand up over here? Someone else? Yep, Brother Rich. Well, first, Are they done in there, bro? No, not yet. Almost. Oh, uh, Long-winded, ladies. Uh, uh, Brother Quinn's situation is, I would pray about, and if I was the one to do it, I would just go up there and say, you have time. Pull them aside and go up to the and say, maybe I've done you wrong. And maybe say, yes, you have to sit down in the Lord, in the Lord's name. Sometimes you have to apologize even when you didn't do anything. Not for their sake, for your sake. I get that. I get what you're saying. I get what you're saying. Yeah. Brother Justin, any wisdom there? What are you thinking? I don't think I have anything. Hard hearts can be dangerous. And and we we often think men often think I often think nobody knows anyway. I got, I got, I'm just going to hang on to this. Am I lying or what? Well, that's what we think. But it always affects people around me. That's why we need to pray for one another. Help what's going on in Brother Quint's life. Help. Yes, yeah, good. You're good. 
about how to change that when we know it is that way. Yeah. Isn't it when Nathan came to David, yeah. one of our verses, chapter 51, the psalm, David said, create in me a clean heart. A clean heart. So repentance. Yeah. A turning away from that. Yeah. I think has got to be necessary when I recognize that I've got to turn away from that. So good. So good. Here's something that I know all of you could teach, and I, I promise I'm done here. Uh, but I like your comments and questions. Brother Mike, you got something brewing around in there? Hmm? I don't. Here's something that um, so often becomes the case is that we, we, get, we get so occupied tending to daily affairs of life um, that things have a way of building up. And we don't, that's why praying is so, so important. And worshiping is so important because it's like giving your heart to God and letting Him work over the the, the fine, finer details of my needs, etc. Brother Josh, do you have something? Well, it's just, just like when it comes to hold host, it's just like, you know, you go into Exodus with the Pharaoh. I mean, the Pharaoh lost everything and still holding his host. Lost yeah. everything, lost his, his entire army, everything. Mm-hmm. And still did it. So some people just don't ever really lose. It's just that that's where you have to pray more for yep. those type, type yeah. of people. Here, here, here's what, thank you. Very, very good. I don't uh, know if I'm wrong or not. No, very good analysis. Very, because there's ten times, I, I don't want to go down that alley if I don't, but I'll just say this because you brought it up. There's ten times in the book of Exodus the Bible says Pharaoh hardened his heart. Yeah. And there's ten other times yeah. where it says, and God hardened Pharaoh's heart. Mm-hmm. But this is, this is, and there's a reason for that. Mm-hmm. Another time I'll tell you about it. But um, this is why it's so important to have somebody, not anybody, somebody in your life that can tell you you're just not thinking right. You've got to get over this. This is controlling you and you're going backwards. Now, don't, don't, I'm not saying you, got, you should have the audacity to go to him and say that because he'll be right in saying, mind your own business. But everybody needs somebody, a husband, a wife, a child, a parent, an elder, that when, when there's something going on, they have, the, they have the freedom from you to say, mm, you just got to get over that. It, it, you're not looking at this right. Mm-hmm. Pastor, it's like this person's been out of my life for years now, like six, eight years now. But I find myself, the reason why I asked this question is um, because you were saying pray to avoid hardened heart, but yeah. what do we do if it's already When hard? you're already there. Um, and I find it. The effects of that 25, 6 year relationship um, controlling how I interact with other people okay. today. Okay. And I, that's why I asked the question. If I may go there. Like I have a huge guard up sure. because of that experience. Sure. And I know this is what the Lord would tell you, and I say this in love and respect. I have nothing but respect for this whole family, the whole family. But um, I know what the Lord would say. You've got to forgive that person. Some, yeah, it's tough. It's, it's hard because... God grant me the There you go. Yeah. And we can't do it on our own. We can't do it on our own, but we can say, God, would you walk with me, hold my hand, assist me? Because I hate this person. But I need to love them enough that I can get over it and grow in my life. That's not about right. That's exactly right. Yeah. Yeah. You mentioned something just, right, just recently about 
somebody should, you know, that that should tell you that you're not thinking right. Yeah. You know, it's you know, I mean, yeah, we got real best friends like this that where well, I can go just when we one on one, I'll let them know. But there's another person that can do that, and that's your pastor. Yeah, man. That is your pastor. For, should be. Should be. Yeah. Should be. Right. You know, your pastor too. Hey, because the pastor wants to see everybody saved. Yep. Everybody. Hey, the pastor wants to see the family saved. The pastor wants to see us winning souls. Yeah. Come on. You know, but yep. that's the pastor's job. Yep. Yeah. As a pastor, mm-hmm. you yep. know, I have a pastor in my life that I have to. Go to you know when 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 I got bigger things that is out of my realm that I can deal with on my own. And I wasn't asking for that yeah. liberty from you, yeah. but he's right. Yeah. But everybody needs some brother Rick. You need if it's Sister Carrie, she needs to be able to tell you. Oh, she you 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 <laughs> you can be angry all you want at me. I've heard Sister Herring this so many times. You can be angry all you want at me, but you need to hear this. Yeah. Yeah. Mom did that. Mom did that. So well, what did you do? And you should never be, listen, husbands, you should never be so controlling that your wife's terrified to tell you something like that. If you are, you got, you got a problem. Because someone needs to be able to talk you off that wild ledge. Don't harden your heart. If your heart's, heart's hard already, start tonight by saying, God help me. Whatever the steps are that I need to walk, God, assist me to get through those successfully. Forgiving those people, forgetting the violation, help me, God, to be better tomorrow at this system than I am today. Help me, Lord, to have a softer heart, a a more desirable heart that pleases you, God. Not to be so calloused and jaded and hateful that nobody can talk to me, Lord. Let my heart be flexible, God. Let my heart be flexible, God. Let my soul be ready to be taught by your presence and by your spirit, God of heaven. Help me, precious Jesus. Help me, precious Lord. Help me, Savior, to be that which you want me to be. More like Jesus forgiving and compassionate and merciful and helpful. Harden not your hearts. Now let's just do it in your own way. In your own way. No pressure. In whatever way you have. Let's praise Him tonight. Thank you, Lord. Love you, Savior. Love you, Jesus. Oh, I love you, Jesus. I love you, Jesus. I love you, Jesus. I love you, Jesus. I love you, Jesus.